I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome to the Yards After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com. I'm Kyle Ireland, and alongside me is the one and only Sam Farnsworth. Uh, Sam, you, uh, your, your fame comes from KSL Sports Live. It also comes from the internet. And today, you, uh, you sent me a tweet in response to a, a photo tweeted by our colleague, uh, Mitch Harper, I've never seen this Mountain Dew. I know we th- we've talked about Mountain Dew before on the show, and so like I feel like it's okay to bring it up again. Have you ever seen this purple right. shade of Mountain Dew that Mitch tweeted out? Because I've never seen it, never. but now I feel like I need to try it. Purple Thunder? Yeah, I've never never seen it. And so I, I clicked on the picture so I could zoom in to see what the flavor was. I don't know if you did that, but it said oh, it did. was a bear. It said it was like a berry plum. And so I was thinking about like yeah. interesting that that sounds that sounds familiar like what what soda's kind of plum and then I started thinking isn't that Dr Pepper Dr Pepper's kind of a plum flavor too right so Oh interesting I didn't I didn't think that So I'm curious now now I'm really curious to taste it to see how similar it is to Mountain Dew how similar it is to maybe Dr Pepper where's the 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 matchup somewhere in between maybe uh but I definitely want to try it I don't know if there's a way for uh, Mitch Harper to stop at a grocer and find it and bring it back, but we might have to bug him for that. That's a good point. I think we should definitely reach out, make sure that that, that request is at least sent to him. Uh, while you were describing that there, do you know the Dr. Pepper, the dark berry that was like limited edition this summer and then like yes. the I don't know, two or three years ago they had it as well? That dark berry yes. with, the, with the plum. I wonder if that is like the 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 closest comparison that we have to this purple thunder. But no, I the plum doesn't sound good to me. But then I'm like, I love Dr Pepper, so maybe like I would end up liking it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, I had to start off the show with that because uh, you sent that tweet this morning, and I I was overjoyed by it. I, I love finding new flavors <laughs> of Mountain Dew, or when they're announced, I have to get my hands on them. So. Uh, that that's yeah. gonna be so a, did you, in the future. So so did you move to New Mexico yet, or like, no? Um, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> there's not a lot other than Albuquerque in New Mexico, and uh, I've heard of that Albuquerque has some good food. I've ha- I have a couple of friends who are from Albuquerque. They've said good things. They've told me about the uh, Breaking Bad tour that you can go on there and drive around, see oh, all yeah. the sights. I think I would do that, and then after like a day, I would be done. So. Uh, right. I don't think I could move there, but 
you know, maybe Purple Thunder would change my mind, but you never know. <laughs> Santa, I've never, I've never been to Santa Fe, but I've heard that's a pretty cool little touristy place too. But you're, hey, look, New Mexico is what it is. It's New Mexico. Love it or leave it. I don't know. The, the land of enchantment. I love it. Well, Sam, uh, don't want to take too much of your time today because I know that you're you're on vacation right now, but we had to get a podcast out because of some news that broke uh, on Friday. Uh, we're recording this on Friday evening, December 16th, and that is that Zach Wilson, after being a healthy scratch the past three weeks, uh, getting benched in favor of Mike White, who went one and two the last three games for the Jets. Zach was elevated earlier in the week to the backup role over Joe Flacco. And then um, because of some injuries sustained uh, during last Sunday's game by Mike White, who just got lit up uh, by the Buffalo Bills, um, he's not going to be playing in week 15. And so Zach's going to get the start. And uh, according to Robert Sala, the the New York Jets head coach, uh, this is going to be a great opportunity for Zach. What say you, Sam Farnsworth? I am really interested to see what happens here. You know, we, we've got uh, the conspiracy theorists out there that, that uh, feel like these doctors or, or some team executives are still on team Zach Wilson. And so they're pulling the strings to make sure Mike is not um, cleared, <laughs> whether that's true or not. I don't know, because I mean, you, you read the stories and everything and he really uh, sought everything possible avenue to get clearance to be able to play this weekend he sought the advice and, and tried to get clearance from outside doctors outside of the team facility as well they would not clear him either to the point that uh, coach Sala pretty much said they've got to protect the player from the player at this point you know they got to do what's best for the team and uh, there's really uh, no no way they were going to get clearance by game time so here we go this is a big opportunity for Zach Wilson because let's let's just be honest we've all seen what he's been able to do through his career uh, to this point. Uh, the sample size still isn't huge, but it's enough to kind of get an idea of where he might be at. Um, it's enough to believe that there's still a lot of progression that can be made and that he can get better. But this is an opportunity for him to step up and show that he can take that step forward, not just in what he does on the field, but especially from a leadership and mental standpoint, because th I think those are the areas that have been under the most um, scrutiny in these past few weeks, right? He, he, the way he responded when he asked, when he was asked in that loss to new England, if he kind of uh, hung his defense out to dry, right. Or if he didn't well, I can't remember exactly how right. the question was, was phrased, but he said, um, you know, his simple response was no. And obviously there was something with the team uh, in the locker room. We we've seen it all of the players on the jets getting off of the team plane, wearing Mike white t-shirts before he uh, got the start. Um, and Zach Wilson was not even on the active roster for that game. Right. And so it just kind of made you it, that for me says a lot about where the locker room stands, right? They are full supporters of Mike white. A lot of guys on that team certainly felt uh, betrayed or, I, well, I don't know what, what term you want to use. They, they just didn't trust Zach Wilson anymore. And so this is an opportunity now for Zach to regain some of that trust, show that he's a leader, show that he's a humble leader, right? You can't go in. You got to be confident. You got to be brash and cocky to an extent, but you got to go in that locker room as a humble leader, take the, the lashes where they're um, warranted 
be willing to accept um, the, the responsibility of failure on offense and uh and and dish out the the compliments and the praise to all the players that have done their part as well zach's got to do a little bit of all that and he's got to perform and, and put up big numbers to, to this is an opportunity for him to regain his team really so there's a couple things there that i want to touch on the first is you mentioned those t-shirts that they were wearing that that week after you know mike white's first start and everybody's just on Mike White's train, right? Like the whole team has his back. It felt like everybody had turned on Zach. I wonder how much of that was in relation to, you know, some things that happened, you know, earlier on in the season, Zach gets hurt in preseason. He misses the first few weeks of the year. Joe Flacco comes in. They're kind of whatever for the first few weeks. Zach comes back and goes like five and one, right? To start the year and wins like four games in a row his first four starts of the year all wins uh last year you remember braxton barrios and him they're wearing shirts saying each other are good everything's all happy go lucky right in the preseason i mean when i was at the nfl draft with you sam in las vegas i saw multiple people wearing zach wilson his good shirts like Mm -hmm. I, i tweeted out some photos of like i mean there was a lot of hype going into the year and then we talked about this earlier on where Zach was going to have a slow start to the season because he didn't have that preseason, right? And I think mm-hmm. that that is being, you know, not talked about enough. The fact that his first four or five weeks were the preseason. And then really before he got the season underway, they kind of yanked the rug out from underneath him, in my opinion. I think the problem really lies with the franchise. The New York Jets have been a mess for years, and they continue to be a mess. I'm not saying that Zach is perfect, but I also think they haven't been doing him any favors either because last year, Zach gets hurt. Mike White comes in in replacement of him and didn't do anything special last season as well. And everybody got on the Mike White train last year as as well as, you know, the last few weeks. So there's been similarities in the past two seasons and we've got to remember that Zach Wilson is a second year player who played less than great competition his final year at BYU and just lit it up so like he's still going to be you know a young learning quarterback in my opinion I just think that some of these things are warranted and fair but a lot of them have been stacked up against Zach before he's even stepped onto the football field. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of take the opposite stance a little bit here. Uh, I, I agree. I feel like I, and New York, right. <laughs> That's all you have to say. New York, there's, yeah. there's not that much patience. But it, for It's the, not just New York media, player. right? Like it, it's right. the, it's the fans of the team. Like, I mean, you look at guys like rich eyes and national, you know, guy talking about the NFL, NFL Network. He's got his own show. Uh, You've got Mike Greenberg on ESPN. These are like high-profile Jets fans who are in the media who are just ripping Zach Wilson to no end. And then like one game into Mike White this season, they're like, oh, Mike White is the savior of the New York Jets, and he's amazing. It's like Mike White is 1-2 and this year. He's got a a QBR of 49.0. 
and Zach mm-hmm. Wilson has a QBR of 43.2. It's like Mike White is not lighting it up. Like you can say Zach Wilson's not lighting it up too, but like Mike White did not all of a sudden become prime Aaron Rodgers, prime Tom Brady. Right. Right. So so here's here's my argument, I guess. And and yes, you're right. You know, the fan base, the New York fan base of any New York team has very little patience too, and they're willing to crown the next one immediately. Like <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson exactly. had, had a 300 yard game this week they maybe already start to crown him as well right but um but they're also very quick to to pile on right when someone's not doing well so i will say this though in, in just to provide maybe a, a separate um viewpoint of of this situation mike white is also just in his second season of of competition so even those you know what you were saying about zach wilson He's just in his second year. Well, well, so is is Mike White, right? And what Mike White has done on a game-by-game basis, now I I get the QBR thing. I I like to go off of the rating, which still isn't, uh, you know, great. 85.8 for Mike White is is not great. It's not terrible, uh, but it's not great. Uh, You want to see someone, you know, in the the mid-90s, I think, to be a, a great quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the reason why I go with that is just because that's the the stat that's been around longer than than QBR. But just sure. But even but, even still, if like, you're looking at that, like I mean, they're pretty comparable, right? Like Zach's a little lower right. in each of those, but it's not like Mike White in right. any statistics is like blowing things away. One hundred percent. And so, uh, so I guess the the thing that like people tend to look at this a lot, right? So Mike, let's say that game against Minnesota, it was a close one that they ended up losing by a couple points. He threw for 369 yards. Of course he threw the ball 57 times, uh, but, right. but he, th- he put up, he put up numbers that Zach Wilson just is not putting up. And that's what people are saying, right? Where's the production. I, I, I get that people say, well, Zach Wilson's five and two as a starter. It's a 22 man team. All right. Sure. I, 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 it, one of, one of, and I, I get that the quarterback is a very pivotal position. He's probably the most important position in all sports, but I feel like in football is this one sport where really every single position matters a lot. And so it bothers me a little bit when people say uh, quarterback has this win loss record. I, I think it is pretty reflective, but at the same time, it's reflective of the team together. Um, and the, and the, you know, tangent here a little bit, but it bothers me when people say like, you know, uh, the first quarterback to ever beat Tom Brady in his first career start. You know, I'm like, I'm like, come on. The quarterbacks aren't going. Peyton Manning would say that all the time. Well, I don't go against Tom Brady. <laughs> right. So I, I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I go against their defense. So but anyway, that, that's that's my my uh, little peeve tangent there. So the one thing I will say, though, is like players like Garrett Wilson, right, who who was vocal about uh, he, he was frustrated with Zach Wilson this rookie star receiver and suddenly he's getting a lot of targets and a lot of receptions um, in every game. He's happier. Uh, Corey Davis might be a little happier. Uh, Elijah Moore, who's had his, he's been disgruntled. He's had maybe a few more targets yes. as well. You know what I mean? And so you've got these guys that are buying into Mike White and ultimately it doesn't matter what the fans say if the locker room is buying into a player and i don't know i haven't been there you haven't been in the locker room i'm just basing it off of some of the things that we've heard in the media some of the things we've seen like with the t-shirts and things like that and that's that's one of that's why i'm saying this is a big opportunity for zach to kind of win back the locker room because no matter where zach's future takes him if it's not in new york 
if it's at another team in the NFL, no matter where his future takes him, his reputation in the locker room will follow. It is a tight-knit community. Even though you're on different teams, the player community is a tight-knit community. They know what's going on in other teams' locker rooms to an extent. They know if there's a bad apple or something. And I'm not saying Zach's a bad apple, but if, but if his teammates don't trust him, that stigma will follow him, and he'll have to reprove himself somewhere else. So this is where it's a big opportunity for Zach Wilson to – you know, if he wins the game with with low stats, a hundred something yards, you know, maybe at one touchdown, but they win. Winning helps heal all wounds, right? And and maybe that will help uh, gain a little more confidence uh, from his teammates back into him because they'll be right back in the playoff hunt. But what I'm curious to know is how his players, how his teammates react, what their post game comments are in their post game interviews after the game, because. That will give us a, just a little peek into the window of what's happening in the Jets locker room. Are, are they trusting Zach again? Are they getting back behind this young quarterback again? Uh, because whatever the stigma is, whatever uh, he's got going on in this locker room and whatever Zach Wilson's future may be, that will follow him. And if, if the opinion from the Jets locker room is that this is a guy we don't really trust, this is a guy that we don't really uh, believe in that'll follow him to wherever he goes and it'll just make it that much more difficult to win over new teammates and new coaching staff and I'm not saying it can't happen but that's why this weekend is such a big weekend for him because it's an opportunity for him to kind of reset start from the bottom again and it just I, I think Zach Wilson should go into this game and in in certain ways act like he's the new guy again act like he's the rookie again to try to gain the trust and confidence of his teammates but act like he's a veteran in the decision-making he makes and, and and in how he plays the game on the field uh, because that'll go a long way. Is this game make or break for him with the Jets, Sam? And then what does he need to do in order to get the, the nod to start again in week 16 and 17? Winning the game. And again, I just said it before, winning isn't necessarily a quarterback thing, but a lot of people do put it on the quarterback. Winning the game will do a lot to help um, – maybe get the trust to give him another nod he's going to have to put up numbers plain and simple I think if, if his completion percentage is not great if he's not completing 65 percent or more of his passes in this game uh, I think that'll hurt even if he's throwing for 280 yards or whatever I, I think throwing for a couple of touchdowns do not turn the ball over those are the things that will earn him another opportunity to start, but especially combining those with a win. If the Jets lose this game, no matter how well he performs, I think a healthy Mike White gets put right back into the starting lineup. Uh, so, and and if that happens, I think that could be it for Zach Wilson with the New York Jets. Um, again, there's a lot riding on this one's mid-season, late-season start for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's, it's hard for us to tell from the outside. Like you said, we're not in the locker room and we just, we don't know what the relationships are behind the scenes with some of these guys. Cause you know, he was voted a captain, uh, you know, even as a rookie last year, it's like everything seemed to be on a good trajectory. And then something happened in the last three ish months that flipped the switch on that. And, uh, I don't know if we'll ever know. Maybe it'll come out eventually or, you know, if he gets traded one day, you know, th there's a lot of things that, that are unwritten in, in Zach's future. And I just, I wonder how things would be had he not gone to the Jets with the number two pick last year. If he would have gone to another team, you know, 
had he been taken by like the Tennessee Titans or something like that, not a mm-hmm. not a LA or a New York or a Chicago kind of market, what things would have what things would have been like, you know, in year two. I, I just think that it's interesting to to throw out there. But we uh we will have our eyes on Zach Wilson. Um it'll be fun to watch him. Uh they're gonna host the jet or sorry, host the Lions on Sunday at eleven AM Mountain Time. Uh, that game's going to be uh, an interesting one to watch. Let's take a quick break, Sam, and then we will come back and talk about your three stars of the week. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, we're back on the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. Sam, it is now time to reveal your three stars of the week. I have a few uh, guesses, but I want to I see... Uh, who they are this week for you. If you're, you're going to go with the uh, conventional picks or if you're going to go uh, off the wall with something here. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as conventional. I, I'm, I'm going with these three picks are picks that for me are, are guys that stood out in their individual performance, <laughs> which is kind of what it is every week. Right. Uh, what, what I mean by that is like kind of, um, guys that have that have kind of hit the radar that haven't been on the radar all season so maybe i just tipped my hat a little bit to to what they are but uh yeah let's get to it we'll start off uh with number three third star okay so my third star this week i'm gonna give it to a defensive back a former university of utah defensive back it is none other than marcus williams of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the reason why I'm going with Marcus is because this is a guy who started so hot to the season. In fact, I think he was one of my three stars, maybe the first two weeks of the season. I can't remember because he had uh, three picks through the first uh, five games of the year. This guy was on a Pro Bowl trajectory before he got injured. Uh, He comes back, and what does he do again? He picks the ball off. This is a guy who's got four interceptions now through six games this year. It's unfortunate that he's been limited. Uh, for due to injury because gosh he's just all he does is is seek for that ball and go get it and so uh, I was really really thrilled to see him kind of get back into not only into action but back into the box score with another interception so he's my third star this week is Marcus Williams yeah I uh, I completely agree with that I think that Marcus is you know picking up right where he left off it was pretty cool to see you know he He's one of those guys that just like flies all over the the secondary, you know, like he's everywhere back there. And uh, for him to become, I guess, more of a ball hawk in Baltimore is pretty cool to see. It's it's super fun to watch. And uh, I, I don't think this will be the last interception he has uh, this season as we kind of wind down the regular season here. But Sam, who is your second star for this week? star uh, my second star this week i was gonna go with a former byu cougar linebacker kyle van noy i'm not gonna go with him but i'll tell you why i was thinking about going him with one of my stars this week is just he got his first sack of the season and the move he made was just like vintage 
past Rush Van Noy. It was such a beautiful spin and, and getting to the quarterback to bring down uh, Tua in that game. However, that is not my star. My star, it comes from the same game. It is Eric Rowe, the former University of Utah oh, nice. defensive back. Who He had eight tackles in the game, which was third on the team. He had two tackles for losses, but he also sacked the quarterback. His first career sack, uh, Eric Rowe on a, on a corner blitz there. And so I'm giving him the star this week. It was a, that was a fun game too. That uh, Chargers Dolphins game Chargers won at 23 17, but Eric Rowe's getting my star this week. He kind of, he's kind of had a quiet season. I feel like, and on Sunday, he, he really stood out. It was fun until he left the game with a hamstring injury, Sam. And it wasn't yeah, fun no anymore. Kidding. All right, Sam, who's your number one star for this week? First star. First star. Okay, here it is. It's the former Desert Hills star, Oregon Duck, Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle for the Detroit Lions, coming in as a tackle eligible, going in motion from the left side of the field all the way across the right side of the field on third and long and catching a pass from Goff to convert a first down, which enabled the Lions to go on and milk the clock and get the win. And so Penny Sewell, man, who knew he had that talent in him? Hey, he's no longer an offensive lineman. He's now a wide out. I, I think that they should just line him up as a tight end from now on. He's going to be like the new Travis Kelsey, right? Like he's just going to become this freak weapon. Wouldn't that be hilarious to see? <laughs> just have he's you know, he's going to score out. he's going to score this year i love the uh the three stars you picked this week i think uh pen Asel is definitely deserving of number one though i uh i want to see more of him catching the ball uh scoring touchdowns running the ball whatever we got to do to get pen Asel, the pigskin is what i'm here for so dan campbell do something to get penny the ball every game <laughs> that's what i want Dan Campbell is the kind of coach that would do it too. Like he is the player's coach to the whatever degree. Like it's, it's awesome. Right. I, I'm also like loving watching the lions right now. They're I think they've won like six out of their last seven or something crazy. So fun to, fun to watch them try and make the playoffs here. Uh, but Sam, I have to, uh, I have to look ahead with you to uh, this week's games because it is our first week of the season with Saturday football games in the NFL uh, I've always looked forward to this time of year. I'm not going to look forward to it too much uh, in a couple of weeks here, or uh, what is it, next week, because it's going to be Christmas Eve and Christmas Day of NFL football, which is like kind of fun in some ways, but then to work is also not fun um, on, the, on the holiday. But uh, I, I do like watching you know multiple days of NFL football, so not going to complain about that. But uh, if I could ask you, what is the game you're looking forward to the most on Saturday and then also on Sunday? Which games would you go with? Well, yeah, this is a great time of year, right, for the NFL because they kind of take over Saturday a bit as well. I, the The game of the week for me is the Saturday night game, the Dolphins and Bills and the AFC East. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, obviously, there's a lot riding on the line with uh, – with the division, you know, the Dolphins can climb to within a game of the Bills there uh, as yeah. we wind down closer to the end of the year. Um, they're both playoff teams, clearly, but I, I just think that could be a very exciting game. Yeah, I think that the game I'm looking forward to most on Saturday is Ravens versus Browns. And the reason why is because, one, I'm interested to see how Tyler Huntley plays uh, coming off of 
what he didn't he didn't think it was a concussion but he was obviously in the concussion protocol and um they're going to be down Lamar Jackson this week and so you know it's going to be interesting to see them and what they you know they have a divisional game here that's going to be really important for them towards their playoff picture as well um and then just on the Deshaun Watson front he looks like a guy who hasn't played football in two years. And so I'm just interested to see <laughs> kind of how him just watching him from afar. It's, it's interesting to me to see they gave him all that guaranteed money. Like, is he going to like snap out of the, you know, you know, rust of a quarterback that he, he has been so far this season. It's just, it's interesting for me to, to watch. Um, and then on Sunday, Sam, there is a bunch of games that, you know, are going to be pivotal games towards the the playoff picture. Um, I'm going to go with the game of the week here, the uh, Cardinals versus the Broncos. No, I'm just kidding. That is not the game <laughs> of the week. That is going to be the uh, Colt McCoy versus Brett Rippon Bowl. It's uh, going to be a really good one to watch. But no, the uh, the game that I am looking forward to has got to be the Patriots versus the Raiders. And I'll tell you why. I think that the the Raiders have really come on recently and the record they're only 5 and 8. It's not like they're, you know, doing anything crazy or special, but they've been playing a lot better football the last month or so. I'm interested to see how they play in this game because the Patriots they're kind of fighting for their playoff lives as well. Um that that AFC division with the Patriots, uh, the East there is, you know, it's tough with the you mentioned the Bills and the Dolphins there in that other matchup, and then you've got the the Pats and the Jets who are also fighting for playoff spots. You've got the Raiders who you know Derek Carr might be playing for like whether or not he's going to be in Las Vegas next season. I think that that is really an interesting storyline because they've got an out in his contract, I believe, and so um, you know Devonte Adams and him they have a really good relationship. But there's been like talk. Um, I know Mike Florio mentioned it earlier this week on. Uh, pro football talk whether or not uh you know they would try and bring in like a guy like baker mayfield next season um who apparently has a relationship with josh mcdaniels going back to when he was in the draft so i i just think that that's an, a really interesting one because there's like some playoff implications there but it also kind of could play in the next season as well i like that pick um yeah the, i think the raiders do have a lot on the line there um with their future, potentially with their head coach, even I, the game I am interested in on Sunday, though, is going to be the Tennessee uh, and the LA Chargers game, the Titans and Chargers. Uh, they're both even, you know, even records, seven and six for the Chargers. Uh, you know, Tennessee's got about a two game lead on the Jaguars for the division lead. So I think they're, they're kind of comfortable there. To the worst extent. division of the Chargers. <laughs> no kidding. Right. It's not, it's not great, but the uh the chart well i mean unless you're talking nfc south they're not that great either but um the chargers are a team that they're going to be kind of on that playoff fringe you know and and winning here is going to be very important especially with teams like new england like you just mentioned if they are able to beat the raiders if the jets beat the lions then both of them are eight and six and every team in the afc east have eight wins so right. the Chargers need to keep pace with those teams. If they want to be in the playoff picture here, they need to get a big win. And I think that's going to be a great contest. No, I think you're spot on there. Uh, I'll just throw out just because it was a, you know, shameless plug for uh, KSL five TV, but Sunday night football, a big one between the New York giants and the Washington commanders uh, come in with identical records. They tied a couple weeks ago, so it'll be a rematch second time in like three weeks that they've played. And uh, that division is kind of fun right now too, with, 
everybody um, kind of, you know, with winning records right now, you've got the Eagles who are obviously you know, looking like the, the number one seed and then you've got the Cowboys, but then both of these teams, I think it's kind of like a, you know, commanders win this game. They, they probably could, you know, be looking at a playoff spot there as well. So kind of a, an interesting time of year where we're getting to these, you know, teams where they can clinch and, you know, set themselves up for seeding and those types of things this week. So that'll be fun. But Sam, uh, before we, we say goodbye for this week's edition, what do you have for us on uh, KSL Sports Live heading in, into the weekend? Another full slate of the uh, NFL, as we've been talking about today. We'll be discussing a lot of these games in further detail on uh, KSL Sports Live, along with all the locals in the NFL with Jeremiah Jensen. But, of course, we continue to ramp up our uh, coverage of the Rose Bowl with the Utes, and we'll have a full recap of of the BYU Cougars at the New Mexico Bowl as well. He is Sam Farnsworth. You can follow him on Twitter at Samsworth underscore KSL. And then on Instagram, it's Samsworth underscore TV. Am I right on that? Yes, that is correct. All right. Make sure you're following Sam on all things social media. Uh, Download the KSL Sports app. Follow us on social media. Until next week, this has been the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.